Three guys are running from the cops. The first guy runs behind a tree and goes, <laughs> The second guy jumps behind a bush and goes, Meow. Third guy jumps in a truck full of potatoes and goes, Oh, po potato. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you think we're talking about today? Uh, lasers and warehouses. All right, no, that that um, is so false. We are going. To, I'm going to teach you good music. I'm going to teach you on the podcast. I don't know. No, probably not. Okay. But do you know anything about what we're celebrating today? Being April 29th. 29th. Today, dude. Ash today. Wednesday. No. <laughs> no, stop it. Today is Saint Catherine of Siena's feast day. Is it? Boom! Okay. So I'm guessing we're talking about... We are talking about St. Catherine Peter of Siena. Stone. And St. Catherine of Siena holds a very, very special place in my heart because... You studied in Siena. I stu- You know stuff about my life. I do. I think it has to do with living here at the cottage. Is that what we're calling this place? Oh, yeah. So the rectory number one where Father Jerry lives, where Andy and Deacon Pat live, that's the fortress. And then where we live which is the smaller little place. I'm calling it the cottage. Okay. You just made that up? like I've, It's just been in my mind, in my head. That's and now I'm saying place. it out loud. Love St. Catherine of Siena because when I studied in Rome, before like we got settled in Rome, we had to go off for a month to study Italian and live with an Italian family and just be Italian. We were sent to three different places throughout Italy. Some of us were sent to Assisi, which is a great place to go. Others went to Verbania, which is up north on a lake. And uh, me and others went to Siena, which is a medieval town in Tuscany. Absolutely breathtaking and beautiful. We lived there. We studied Italian there. We just lived the life of an Italian Tuscan person. St. Catherine was from Siena, and so her she has statues and she has churches everywhere. And people love her. And I got to know her story and got to know her as a saint. I remember going into her church for the first time when we got there and we were with uh, an Italian priest and we walked in and we saw her skull on display in this church. And my, the first thing that came to mind was not, oh, that's weird because we're Catholic and we those things aren't weird to us. I saw the skull and I'm like, oh my gosh, where's the rest of her body? Right. And then the priest said, oh, She's in Rome. I'm like, what? <laughs> she has her head in Siena and the rest of her body in Rome. And so soon enough, I was able to venerate her body, which is in Rome at Santa Maria Sopra Minerva, mm -hmm. which is a church there. So anyway, so uh, I really got to know her. I read biographies about her and a historical fiction about her. So she was born in 1347 to the Benincasa family. She was just a girl when she really started to fall in love with the Lord. And um, just from an early age, she she really wanted to be, she wanted to be religious. She wanted to grow close to Christ. So at the age of 16, St. Catherine joined the Mantalada, which was a group of older women who took care of the poor. And that led her towards the Dominican order. So. If you know Dominicans out there, uh, if you know Dominican universities, St. Catherine is probably her statue or her face is all over the place. When she joined, 
Um, she had uh, kind of a prayer experience of Christ espousing himself to her, saying, I espouse you in faith. And in this vision, Christ gave her a ring at the age of 19. It's early. It's very early. But I love that story because it just confirms why we call religious sisters, what do we call them? Brides of Christ. Brides of Christ. Yeah, they're dressed like it, right? With the veil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one big thing about St. Catherine was she had visions and she talked a lot about a bridge. She preaches to the people of Siena about the bridge that all of us are going over to the bridge. There's a chasm in between. Jesus is on the other side beckoning us to go forward. But the only way to go over the bridge is for Jesus to walk over the bridge. At the time, there was issues with people wanting to gain heaven on their own. Like, if I do this, if I do this, if I do this, if I give this much money to the poor, if I, you know, go to Mass every single Sunday, which you're supposed to, of course, but I do these things and then I get to heaven. And so St. Catherine was calling people to a deeper relationship with the Lord, realizing that it's Christ who does everything within us. It's his grace that moves us forward. That's probably been the case throughout the ages. Although the battle is between, you know, works and grace, right? Yeah. So another thing I loved about St. Catherine of Siena was that she would call men, especially priests, to greatness. She would call men, especially priests, to holiness. I think it's probably important to explain, like, the context in which she lived. The Pope wasn't in Rome. The Pope was in Avignon, right? France. Yeah. And he was afraid that if he were to return to Rome, the Italian city-states would kill him Mm -hmm. or at the very least imprison him. Yeah. Uh, And so he sought the protection of the French government and he found it there. And so, I mean, this is sort of a dark period of, of church history. For 70 years, Pope didn't live in Rome. And so it was at the behest of St. Catherine who was pivotal player in in bringing the papacy back to Rome. Like all of these issues were kind of rooted in cowardice with the men of the time, especially priests and the, and the Holy Father, that there was there was fear. And so she was able to be a beacon of, of fortitude, um, calling even the Pope to what was right. Right. We used to call it um, and, and focus on moral authority. Yeah. She had that. And so if you have that, then people trust you and they'll follow you. Even the Pope. Yeah, yeah. Another thing that was interesting about her was that she barely ate. Um, And a lot of people uh, attribute that to her just not wanting food in order to be closer to Christ. Take away the pleasures of eating so that she could grow that much closer. Which... I can't relate to. No, (laughs) I was going to say. I need my Chipotle. (laughs) At Chipotle, we know people love queso. So with our all-new queso blanco, it had to be real. Two cheeses, three peppers, no preservatives, and nothing artificial. Because those who love queso deserve a queso as real as this. Gave all of this to her spiritual director at the time. And she related to him uh, things that she felt were struggles in her own heart. We don't know what they were. Kind of the same thing when St. Paul said he had a thorn in his flesh. Don't know what it was, but it was a struggle. It it may have been a sin. It may have been an addiction, whatever it was. And so a lot of people attribute um, that to an eating disorder that St. Catherine of Siena had. And 
I remember hearing that for the first time. It was in a group discussion at the NAC. We were just, I don't know how it came up, but we were talking about that and a few people were scandalized by it. I didn't really know what to think at the time. So a couple of guys were like, no, she couldn't have had an eating disorder. She's a saint. How could she have, you know, struggled with something like that? A priest who was, he wasn't a seminary and he was a priest already. He said, well, you, you don't think that she couldn't have been a saint and not struggled with something? And I really liked that answer and I really like, and I reflect on that, that Jesus meets us where we are at, no matter what it is. And if it's an addiction, if it's a sin that we struggle with all throughout our life, but we give that to the Lord, and we surrender that and let his grace move us like I talked about with the bridge, of course you can be canonized. Of course you can be a saint. Yeah. A lot of us can have the image of saints being absolutely perfect without sin, like the Blessed Virgin Mary or something like that. Well, they they are. Yes. Now. Virtue. <laughs> but they didn't start that Exactly, way. exactly. So she could have had this eating disorder and it was redeemed by the Lord. She was able to surrender it and in let God transform that. That's with all of us, whatever wound or sin or struggle that we have. First, we have to acknowledge it. And then through our life, when we continually surrender that, he transforms it into something good and true and beautiful. That's the uh, that's salvation. It is salvation. Good job. So, I love that. You solved everybody's problems and answered everybody's questions. (laughs) I didn't want this to be a biography of St. Catherine of Siena, just like the things that I loved about her and things that we can learn from her. So say a prayer today through her intercession, especially if there's some kind of, I don't know, wound or struggle or sin or addiction that you may be struggling with. Surrender that to the Lord today through St. Catherine of Siena. Lastly, I'm just going to end with this. Do you know her, her most famous quote that I love? Not at Torbe, let nothing disturb you. You've heard it before. Oh, yeah. Is that But St. that's Catherine? not what you were thinking. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Go ahead. If you are... Oh, no, that's... Is that St. Teresa of Avalon? I think that's Avalon. Oh, that's Catherine of I tell this to the teens all the time. If you are who you're called oh, yeah. to be, you will set the world ablaze. Mary C's Quarantined is a Mary C's of Wisdom dynamic original podcast.